the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Buca Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. Uh, on this morning, if you have your Bibles with you, and you should, I want to invite your attention this morning to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 8, we'll begin our reading on today. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 8 at verse number 13 reads as follows. I will surely consume them, says the Lord. No grapes shall be on the vine, nor figs on the tree, and the leaf shall fade, and the things I have given them shall pass away from them. Why do we sit still? Assemble yourselves, and let us enter the fortified cities, and let us be silent there. For the Lord our God has put us to silence, and given us water of gall to drink, because we have sinned against the Lord. We looked for peace, but no good came, and for a time of health, and there was trouble. A snorting of the horses was heard from Dan, and the whole land trembled at the sound of the name of his strong ones. For they have come and devoured the land and all that is in it, the city and those who dwell in it. For behold, I will send serpents among you, vipers which cannot be charmed, and they shall bite you, says the Lord. I will comfort myself in sorrow. My heart is faint in me. Listen, the voice, the cry of the daughter of my people from a far country. Is not the Lord in Zion? Is not her uh, king in her? Why have they provoked me to anger with their carved images, with foreign idols? The, the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. For the hurt of the daughters of my people, I am hurt. I am mourning. Astonishment has taken hold of me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no recovery for the health of the daughter of my people? Amen. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you honoring you, blessing you, thanking you, and in great need of you, that you might speak clearly into our hearts today, that we might be able to hear a word, God, from you that might draw us to the place of strength, a word, eternal God, that might cause someone who's never come into that personal relationship with you, that today, God, will be the day that they would enter into that relationship with you and have eternal life as a guarantee for their soul. Spirit of the Lord, I'm praying that this morning, even as we stand to declare your word, that you would allow the strength in my body to be able to be used in such a way that your name would get glory, that the body of Christ would be edified. God, I stand in need of you today. 
For without you, I can do nothing. And without your strength, I have none. So Spirit of the Lord, preach through me. Use me as an instrument in your hand to accomplish your will. Here I am, yielded to you. Have thine own way. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. With thanksgiving and expectation of your answer. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Just to give you a little bit uh, kind of uh, backdrop as well, fill you in here. Jeremiah, along with uh, many other prophets, had come to, uh, to Judah uh, on multiple occasions and letting them know, look, if you don't turn around, if you don't, if you don't repent of your sin, uh, judgment is coming on you, Judah. And, you know, God had not only sent Jeremiah, he had sent other prophets that would come and say to them the same thing. And not only had they had the voices and the, 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 the warnings of the prophets uh, of Jeremiah and others, they also had the witness of their own brothers of the north, Israel, who had heard the word of God warn them, if you don't turn around, God's going to bring judgment. And, and Assyria came in and, and routed them out and spread them all abroad. So they had seen God bring judgment on their, their northern tribal brothers, Israel. And, and then God brings the message to them. Turn around, turn from your wicked ways. But even though they had all that, they still rejected God. They still pushed God away. They continued to do what they wanted to do as if God had no authority over them, as God had no rule over them, as if somehow they were sovereign and apart from God, as if God was somehow belonged to them rather than they belonging to God. And so as a result of that, judgment finally comes. And when judgment does come, uh, amongst the, in the nation of Judah and amongst these people, hundreds of thousands of people are going to die and they begin dying and they're dying. Not just men, but men, women and children are dying and they're dying because the judgment has come upon the land and there is suffering, there is pain, there is poverty in the land. And all of this as a result of the fact that they rejected God. They, they thought that they could stand apart from God. They thought they had no need of God, but yet God brings the judgment on them and the judgment comes. I need to point this out. The judgment comes upon the nation. And so the judgment that comes, the deaths that happen, the things that occur are not being, God is not individually targeting people for something specific they did, but God is targeting the nation. He's targeting the group of people whom he had assigned his own holy and private relationship with. These were God's people. And so as that happens, the judgment comes, and the judgment comes not only upon the guilty, so to speak, but also upon the innocent, even though no one is really truly innocent as it relates to sin. And so judgment comes, and those uh, the people are dying that, that have been engaged in idolatry as much as those who are, are dying who had not engaged in idolatry. There are those who are dying who are young and, and children and infants, but they're also old and, and weary. And, and there are also those that are, are walking with God. But, but death is coming amongst the people of God. Judgment has come upon the land of God, but it's not the individual people. Keep that in mind. Because even as we walk through this period of time right now, the COVID virus, and I want you to look at it kind of in the, in the fabric of this text as the judgment of God. Now, I know a lot of people don't want to say, oh, this COVID virus is the judgment of God, but I want you to examine the text with me on this morning so we can kind of look at it in that, in that fabric and in that way and see how perhaps God is even through this text speaking to us because for me personally, God literally put me in the shoes of Jeremiah and I feel the pain of Jeremiah and I feel the needs that Jeremiah feels and I feel like God has a word for us 
in my pain, in my, in my attempts to, to bear up under the burden, and in your pains and in your griefs, we, it, it seems like there's no end to what we're going through. And the weight is just sometimes almost unbearable. Notification after notification after notification after notification after notification after notification. Another person passing, another person sick, another person ill, another person dealing with this, another person dealing with that. It seems almost unbearable at times. And hopes for so many people, hope for so many people seems to be slipping away. And so I want to remind us, I want to encourage us uh, this morning as I speak to you in this text and out of this text from the subject matter, as a means to encourage us, as a means to, to push us on, as a means to lift up our hearts and lift up our spirits. I want to speak to you from the subject matter. There is a balm in Gilead. There is a balm in Gilead. As I looked in this text and I began to delve through it, I started, I said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to start around verse 18 or so. And then as I was beginning to work through verse 18 and then the verses before that I said, hey, wait a minute, preach me, preach me too. And so I said, you need me so that you can make this clear. And so I backed up a little more and then I had to back up a little more. So I backed up all the way to 13 and said, okay, that's as far as I can go for right now. But I'm going to back up even more and we're going to try to get as much of it in as we possibly can. Because I, I just believe that we need to understand and we need to comprehend in this day and time. In the weight and the pain and the suffering and the anguish and the anxiety that we're dealing with right now, not just in the United States, but around the world, we need to be reminded that there is a bomb in Gilead. This text begins with a declared judgment of God on the people. All the way back in, in, in 13, the Lord declares his judgment upon the people. And he says, I will surely consume them, says the Lord. God has already made up his mind. God has gotten to the point where he's going to do what he said he was going to do. What he had warned he was going to do. Now he says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to consume them, says the Lord. No grapes on the vine. No grapes, no wine. No grapes, no jelly. <laughs> no grapes on the vine. No uh, figs on the tree. No leaves. Uh, oh, uh, they're going to fade away, he says. And, and the things that I have given them shall pass away from them. Everything that I gave them when they came into this land, everything that I, I, I provided for them that they didn't have to work for, the houses that they are living in that they didn't build, the fields that they're eating from that they did not have to labor for, everything that I gave into them, I'm taking it from them. God says, I'm, I'm, I'm removing my blessing, uh, my favor and, 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 and what blessings that, that was on them. I'm, 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 I'm removing it from them because they have not heeded my word, and so my judgment is coming upon them, and so God declares his judgment, and the people are, are beginning to sink in hope and in disparity, and then they respond in verse 14, and the people say, why do we sit still and assemble ourselves? Let us, let us enter into the fortified cities. What the people in essence are literally saying is they're saying, look, we're, we're, we've been weakened. We don't have strength. We don't have, we don't have the ability to deal with the enemy that's coming. And so we could, we could do one or two things. We can sit out here in the fields and in the, and in the suburbs and, and we can die out here in the suburbs and in the fields or we can at least go into the fortified cities. I mean, we can't speak for ourselves. We can't stand for ourselves. We can't fight against this enemy that's coming. So the least we can do is at least let's, let's gather ourselves together. Let's go into the fortified cities and we'll go into the fortified cities and we'll be silent there. 
because there's nothing else we can do. And, and, and literally what they're really articulating is that we, we know judgment's now coming and we see it coming. And the, the, the wave of this judgment that's coming is far beyond what we can handle, far beyond what we can manage. And so they are giving up and they're just basically saying, well, let's go and, and at least give up in the city. But we'll go there and wait and we'll be silent in the city. Because we can't fight this. We can't, we, 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 we can't deal with this, 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 this uh, judgment that's coming upon us. And so verse 14 lets us know not only do they realize they can't deal with it, they realize where it's coming from. Listen to the latter part of verse 14. He says, for the Lord God has put us in silence and given us gall to drink. That's, that's a vinegar. It's a, it's a sour drink. Uh, God has given us vinegar to drink. In other words, no more sweet water, no more healing water. But now we're drinking the bitterness. And if I can say it this way, now we're reaping what we've sowed. And God has done this. It's, it's God that we're in battle with. It's really not Babylon. It's God who's, who we're fighting against and we can't win. He's, God has put us in a place of silence. He's given us this gall to drink because we have sinned against the Lord. They understand, they realize that the judgment that has come is because of their sin against the Lord. One of the reasons I believe that far too many people are, are, are really uh, skeptical and a, and a little shy and a little, uh, a little reserved about calling what we're going through now a judgment is because they really don't want to have to declare that we have sinned against God. Well, how can Israel, God's people, Lord help me Jesus, how can they uh, receive the judgment of God because they rebelled against God and gone their own way and act as if they can make up their own laws, make up their own rules, do things that they want to do, and they operate outside of God. How is it that God would judge them and yet let us get away? Well, I would suggest that we perhaps might need to reshape our thinking. But they realize this is against God. They realize we can't do anything against it. And they know it's because of their sin. And listen to what they say. They say in, in verse 15, they say, look, we look for peace. And Lord help, hear Jesus. But no good came. And they looked for peace because their false prophets told them peace was coming. Even though God, through his prophets, said judgment was coming. Because you're doing things your own way, because you've turned away from God, because you've abandoned the, the truths of God, because, you, because you're sinning against God by worshiping idols, you're doing exactly what I told you not to do. Because of that, judgment is coming. God said judgment is coming. But false prophets rose up and said, judgment's not coming. Peace is coming. Peace, peace. This is in verse number 11, chapter 8, verse number 11. They said, peace, peace, everything's going to be all right. That's basically what they told him. Everything's going to be good. It's all good. And then we say, he say, we look for health. But trouble came instead. We thought things were going to get better, but it didn't get any better. It got worse. And not only did not health not come, but everything else got worse. So the economy started falling and faltering and jobs started getting lost. But, 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 but the false prophet rose up and said, it'll be okay. Everything's fine. Don't, get, don't stress out. Don't worry. Peace is coming. And in some ways, Lord help us, Jesus, far too many believe the false prophet. And so they continue to do what they wanted to do. And as they continue to do what they wanted to do, the judgment of God was being rolled out. And so these people, they said it got worse. Times got worse. It got harder. They said, in fact, in verse 16, he says, 
We, we heard the judgment coming. We heard the horses coming. We heard them coming from Dan. We, we heard when things had kind of broke loose. And we heard them coming all the way from Dan. And the whole land trembled at the sound of the neighing of his strong ones. This is the armies of Babylon that are on their way to overtake the city of Judah and Jerusalem. These are the, the, the ones, the, the, the heathen nation that God rose up in order to go in and take from Israel everything that God, he had given them. He had given them time. He had given them time to repent. But God declares his judgment on the people. And they say to him, we heard all this coming. We, we heard the sound. We were afraid. For they have come and devoured the land and all that is in it. They've come and taken over the land. It's just flooding throughout the land. Hundreds and thousands and everything is being destroyed. They're taking it over. Look at verse 17. For behold, I, God says, this is my judgment. This is me doing this. I'm going to send serpents among you, vipers, which cannot be charmed. I'm going, to send, I'm going to send amongst you, Israel, that which you can't wiggle your way out. That which you can't quit pro quo your way out. Uh, I'm going to send amongst you that which will bring judgment. It is the judgment of God that you cannot escape. The judgment of God is declared in this first movement of the text. And then secondly, as we keep on reading through the text, we see not only uh, the declared judgment of God on the people, but secondly, we see the dismaying cries of the people. It picks up in verse 18, the dismaying cries of the people. This is Jeremiah now speaking, I, I would comfort myself in sorrow. My heart is, is faint. Oh, it's just faint within me. Listen, the voice the cry of the daughters of my people from a far country. Is not the Lord in Zion? Is not her king in her or with her? The dismaying cries of the people, Jeremiah says, I, I would have to comfort myself with, with sorrow. In other words, there's sorrow on every side. There's, there's pain on every side. There's dismay on every side. There's, there's, there seems to be no harm. The only way I can bring comfort to myself is to stay and remain in sorrow. So I, I rem <laughs> Lord help us. And I, I, I'm trying to comfort myself with sorrow, but how do you comfort yourself with that which brings more sorrow? And that's what Jeremiah says. He is. My, my heart is faint within me. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm losing, I'm, I'm giving in, I'm, I'm surrendering the, the, Lord help me, the, 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 the pressures of death and sorrow for Jeremiah are overwhelming. And I can say with all honesty and all sincerity as a pastor, as a man of God who's dealing with family after family after family and situation after situation after situation and watching what's going on in our country and watching what's going on in our world and watching the, the sin of people that still pervades and I'm, I'm watching and dealing with that. But as the pressure comes on the people of God and the pressure comes on the young and the innocent and the pressure comes on the old and the, and the destitute, I, I, it's sometimes overwhelming even for me. I feel like Jeremiah. The only thing you seem like you could comfort yourself with is sorrow. But we can't stay there because there's a bomb in Gilead. And so he says, look, this is where I am. He says, listen. It's almost like he's talking to God. He's saying to God or to whoever that, that, that would, would, would hear. He says, listen. The voice, the cry of my people. Jeremiah says, these are my people. This is, this is the people of Israel. These are my brothers. These are my sisters. 
that are dying in the street, that are being evicted from their homes, that are being dragged off to Babylon. This is my people. Listen, he says. Because sometimes, unfortunately, there are those who seem to disconnect themselves from the pain that others around them are suffering. But Jeremiah cries, oh, listen. He says, listen to the voice of those who are crying out, my people. The cries of their grief, the cries of their pain, the cries of no hope, the cries of their losses, the cries from fear and the cries from being dragged away from their homelands and their countries and separated from their family. Listen, Jeremiah says, listen to the cries of my people. The daughters of our people from a far country. It sounds like they're crying as they're being dragged away. I can hear the cries as they, those that are near or louder as those that are farther away fade. But listen, he says, to the cries of the people and, and their, their, their cries of dismay. They can't believe what is happening. And as Jeremiah is listening to that and Jeremiah is dealing with that, it's as if, the cries have unraveled Jeremiah, and, and he asked two questions. And I'm, I'm not positive, but it, but it seems as if his questions are directed to God. And he says, in essence, is not the Lord in Zion? That's question number one. Is not her king in her? And he's not really asking a question because he knows the answer. So in essence, it's a rhetorical question. And Jeremiah says, in essence, how can this be happening? How can the people of Israel be being dragged away by a heathen nation? How can Babylon be taking over God's people? How can COVID be wiping out good people? How can COVID be taking pastors out and preachers out and teachers out? How could it have taken my mother out, my father out? How could we be dealing with all this? How can the innocent child be being taken out? How is it possible that I have to witness and watch one person survive and another not survive? How can I as a nurse or a doctor be in the position that I I've got to make a decision who gets the ventilator and who doesn't. How can all this be going on when God is in the midst? How is it possible when the Lord is our God and God is still in Zion? God is still in the world. God is still amongst his people. Does God not still live in the redeemed? How is this possible? Jeremiah cries out in dismay. These questions of the May is like, how can all this be happening? How is it possible when the Lord is with her? How is it possible when the Lord is in her? How is it possible for Christians, people who are born again, children of God, blood washed, fire baptized, serving the Lord, faithful to their families, faithful to their children, faithful to their spouses, living, loving, helping people. How is this happening when God is still alive and God is with us? This is a despairing cry of Jeremiah. He's in dismay of what's happening. It's the dismaying cries of the people create and pushes Jeremiah to this place. But as Jeremiah is trying to deal with this, uh, the dismaying cries of the people who are crying out, and he's listening and he's hearing it. As Jeremiah is trying to wrestle with that, and as he's throwing out these questions, how is this happening? And he's trying to reason his way through it. The Lord answers. So after this dismaying cries of the people comes the divine reply of God to the people. The divine reply of God to the people comes in the second part of chapter, verse 19. 
whom the Lord says, why have they provoked me? You want to know how is this happening? God answers and says, why did they provoke me? Why, why did they provoke me with their carved images and their foreign gods? Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.